The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CS Radio, its employees, or affiliates. W4CS makes no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Support Network on W4CS.com. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. And welcome to Five to Thrive Live. I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Dr. Lise Ulschuler. Hello, Lise. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Carolyn? Uh, I'm great. You know, this past weekend, I had a visit from my sister, who uh-huh. is my, she's like my hero. My sister is a three-time cancer thriver. And we just had a, a wonderful time, and gosh, it's always sad to see her go, though. That's the yeah, only bad well, thing. Yeah, well, I know how much you love your sister, Kathy. I do. So yes. shout out to Kathy, and Woo-hoo. hope you had a great, well, it sounds like you had a great weekend, so yes, that sounds good. It's funny, I'm trying to to induce my sister to come out and visit me next weekend, so. Oh, good, yes, Britt. Love Britt, Brit, too, yes. yeah. We, yes. You know, we're very lucky. We have two sisters who are you know, best friends and wonderful people. And yeah, we're pretty lucky. Yes, we are very lucky. I'm grateful for that among other things every day for sure. Yes, me too. And we have a wonderful show with a very important topic. But before we begin, I want to remind our listeners that we have a great website. So if you're new to the show or if you want to stay in touch with us, just visit the website 5 to Thrive Plan. Dot com. That's all spelled out. And if you sign up for our Thrive Thoughts, which is located at the top or actually right in the middle of the website, all you have to do is enter your email and then you'll automatically get information about us. And we send out these awesome Thrive Thoughts that we just love doing. Um, so be sure to check that out. I also want to remind our listeners that we do have a chat room and it's located in the bottom right hand corner of the website. All you have to do is click on the general chat button and you'll be able to type in your question or your comment tonight. Indeed. And we had a nice show last week with Dr. Winston Cardwell. He was talking about Chinese medicine, clearly a very passionate provider on this topic and really gave a nice, I would say rather in-depth overview of it. So if you're curious about Chinese medicine, be sure to check it out. If you haven't uh, had a chance to listen to it already, you can go to iHeart.com. And if you've not signed up, you just need to put your email address in there and then search for 5 to Thrive Live and you'll see a list of our previous shows, which you can listen to on the site, and uh, we encourage you to do that because it helps our show on that site, and plus, past shows are so fantastic, so it's a great way to get caught up. 
Yes, and you can share it with friends. So even if you're listening tonight and you, after this show, you say, wow, what a great show. I'm going to uh, go to iHeart and I'm going to uh, tell a friend about this show. That's a great thing to do as well. And also before we begin, we always like to thank our sponsors because without them, we wouldn't be able to bring you guests like we have tonight or the information like we're going to provide to you. So the sponsors of our show are Cognizant Cytocholine, Cetria Glutathione, Sun Theanine, and Tomorrow's Nutrition. We appreciate our sponsors very much. Lise, our guest tonight has been on the show before because we have so much respect for the organization that she represents, and we also like to talk about tonight's topic a lot because it is very important. It is very important, and we are going to be talking about weight loss, and we're going to specifically be talking about some research that's new, and we're going to keep this very practical so that people listening will gain some new ideas, new inspiration, and hopefully motivation to do some weight loss. You know, this is a challenging topic. Uh, It's often the elephant in the room between practitioners and patients because it's so difficult for people to lose weight. Many practitioners are struggling with their own weight. Um, So this is a topic that doesn't really get enough airtime in a very uh, you know, non-sensationalized kind of way. So I'm really looking forward to tonight's show, and I'm particularly looking forward to hearing from this from our guest. Absolutely. So let me introduce our guest. Our guest tonight is Alice Bender. She is a registered dietitian who also earned her master's degree in nutrition and public health from Columbia University Teachers College. She is the associate director for nutrition programs at the American Institute for Cancer Research, and she is also a spokesperson for that organization. And we're going to learn a little bit about that organization in a moment. Alice, welcome back to Five to Thrive Live. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we are glad to have you. So, Alice, before we dig into the topic of weight loss, um, which we will spend most of the show on, I want to just give our listeners a chance to get a little bit more familiar with the American Institute for Cancer Research. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, AICR? And also, if you could just talk to us about why AICR focuses so much on diet and nutrition as it relates to cancer risk reduction. Sure. So our AICR's mission and our passion really is to empower everyone, kids, parents, adults of all ages really, to make um, lifestyle choices to lower their risk for cancer and also to support cancer survivors as they take steps to be as healthy as they can be both uh, during and after treatment. We We do fund and support and analyze the research on this topic, and we translate that research into recommendations and practical steps. So we look at the research related to diet and weight and physical activity and how that relates to cancer prevention and survivorship. So our practical steps really focus on ways to eat smarter, move more, and be a healthy weight because we estimate that about one-third of many of the most common cancers could be prevented in the U.S. if everyone were to follow our recommendations to be a healthy weight, to eat a healthy diet, and to to move more. Wow, one-third. I mean, that's a very significant number. And we we love the fact, Alice, that your organization also um, really provides a lot of support for survivors, or as we like to call them, thrivers. Thrivers, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that we're passionate about. We've been talking about that patient population, you know, after you're done with treatment that, you know, they're often scratching their heads and saying, now what? So that's 
awesome. Now, if we're let's talk about weight loss because it's you know I have to be honest with you, this is an area that I struggled with for years, and um, I really have to be very careful uh, about my activity levels and my eating. Otherwise, I'll I'll pack on the pounds rather quickly. So, what seems to be the biggest struggle for people is it the actual losing of the weight or is it keeping it off? Well, from my experience working with people and actually what the research seems to be showing as well is that often people can be successful with losing weight. I wouldn't say that it's easy to lose weight ever, but um, once the weight is off, keeping it off seems to be tougher. Um, There are a variety of reasons for that. One is that you need less food as you weigh less. You don't need as many calories, so you know, you, you, it's not like you can go back to eating more after, after you've lost your weight. And sometimes it is hard to keep up those changes in habits that, you know, you might be able to make for six months or a year um, and, you know, you lose the weight, but, you know, it's, it's a continuation. You have to keep doing that. Some people do follow a, a weight loss diet that may not be sustainable. So even though, you know, you might go on a crash diet or something that's a little bit, you know, not perfect for you, um, it's tough to to stick with it. So you may go back to your old habits. And I think a lot of people really don't think about that. Once the weight is off, you really need to continue to stay focused. It's not like, okay, well, done that. You know, that's good. I can check that off my list. Now I can can just go on, um, you know, and and live my life. And, And you certainly can go on and live your life, but you do need to stay focused on the fact that, as you said, um, it's something that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting because I think that um, our society is such a goal-oriented society that we sort of set up weight loss that way too. If we can just make it to that magic finish line of our target weight, we've done it and then we can relax. But in fact, it's that's not the case. It's It's really just about you know, getting to a target weight and then figuring out what we need to do to stay there. And so it is a really, it's very much a long-term commitment, which I think is challenging, which is, makes this challenging. But we're going to learn some more strategies, I believe, from you. Absolutely. And you know, it's it's interesting because I've been guilty of that as well. I'll say, okay, well, I'm going to lose weight for this wedding that I'm going to be in, or I'm going to lose weight for this or that. And then all of a sudden that event comes and goes and I I need another event. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, we often talk about how it has to be sustainable. That you know, these these are uh, habits that have to last for a lifetime. So um, I'm I'm glad that we got that out of the way. But we have a lot of practical information coming up. We're going to be talking about low carb versus low fat, um, and we've got all kinds of information for you. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this important conversation with registered dietitian Alice Bender. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stress is a major part of our daily lives. We worry, feel stressed out, sleepless, and sapped of energy. Fortunately, there's a natural product that can help. L-theanine is a special amino acid found in green tea that induces a state of relaxation while keeping the brain alert and active. Suntheanine is a natural patented form of L-theanine from Tomorrow's Nutrition. 
Synthionine has been clinically proven to improve focus, enhance concentration, and reduce stress without drowsiness while improving sleep quality. For more information, visit tomorrowsnutrition.com. As a special bonus, listeners get 20% off any product by mentioning 5 to Thrive. Live better, save money, and thrive at tomorrowsnutrition.com. We are constantly being bombarded by toxins in the air we breathe, water we drink, and even the foods we eat. So what's the answer? Glutathione. It's inside every cell in your body and protects you from the damage of oxidative stress and toxins. There is a special patented form of glutathione that is superior called Cetria. Cetria is pure, vegetarian, and allergen-free. Help replenish your body's reserves of this very important nutrient, detoxified a natural way. Visit cetriaglutathione.com. That's cetriaglutathione.com. Are you interested in boosting your brain power? So am I. This is Carolyn Gazella, co-host of 5 to Thrive Live, and I'm here to tell you about a supplement that I take. The human brain needs a lot of nutrition to stay focused throughout the day. Citicoline naturally enhances energy-producing centers within the brain. Cognizant delivers a clinically tested, patented form of citicoline that supplies your brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Look for Cognizant on the label, or for more information, visit Cognizant.com. That's Cognizant.com. Thrive Live. I'm Dr. Lisa Schuler, and I am joined by my co-host Carolyn Gazella and our guest Alice Bender, re- registered dietitian, who is with the American Institute of Cancer Research. And we are talking about weight loss, and we're about to dive right into it. And I would love to have your participation in our conversation. So if you'd like to join our conversation, just uh, click the general chat box on the bottom right of your screen and you can just type in your question and we will be paying attention to that throughout the show. So Alice, um, you know there's a lot of debate. In fact, I just saw a study today on this issue about whether a low carb diet is better for weight loss or whether a low fat diet is better for weight loss. The study I saw today was talking about actually, um, I think it came out of either Denmark or Finland, some Scandinavian country, and that, in fact, high-fat diet or dairy products contributed to weight loss. I you know, saw a study a few days ago that was kind of the opposite. So what, what's the bottom line here? <laughs> you know, these, there are a lot of these studies, and really, if you look at these single studies, it really it would drive you crazy, you know, if you look trying to, to look at the latest study and figure out what to do. But I think, as you said, you know, keep in mind that there are a number of studies out there showing that people are successful on a variety of types of diets. There really is probably not just one diet that we should all be following, whether it's low-fat or low-carb, but really people have success on all of those as long as they are low-calorie, you know, as long as the calories are are appropriate for them. And I think, you know, from AICR's point of view, and, and, and I can speak, I think, for a lot of dietitians too, that really we like to focus on the quality of the food, that long-term that's really what is important if, if you think about whatever 
kind of diet you, you want to choose for your weight loss efforts. It's really about what you eat day in and day out that matters. Finding what works for you among, you know, the many different options for healthy eating. There's the Mediterranean diet. There's the DASH diet. There's, um, I mean, you know, even with the paleo diet, I think, you know, you can, you know, from AICR's point of view, you want to keep the meat to a minimum. But, you know, there are just so many different ways to make these diets healthy. And it, what I think the research is important to understand, and, and we need to understand more about successful weight loss and maintenance. So we're staying tuned to the research. But, you know, we know there are healthy eating plans and patterns that, that can promote weight loss and health. And, and really, from, you know, again, I think the bottom line is if you cut back on sugary foods and sugary drinks and other carb, refined carbohydrate foods, but also if you cut back on, you know, the, the foods with added fats and unhealthy fried foods, uh, both of those strategies are going to set you on the right path. Um, so it's, you know, it's cutting back on some things, but it's also then substituting healthier foods for those those high-calorie foods. So substituting foods with fewer calories per bite, and you know what I'm going to say, <laughs> vegetables and fruit mm-hmm. and whole grains um, are the kinds of things that we can substitute in. So rather than focusing maybe so much on what is, you know, which diet should I follow, if you know yourself and know, you know, that you, you prefer to eat um, you know, maybe more nuts and, and higher fat foods and you can live without the bread and the pasta or that that's your weak point and you want to cut back on that, make the healthy choices within that, you know, kind of diet that can set you on the path that will work for you long term. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have a question about some studies that are upcoming, but or studies that I just read. But before I ask that question, Alice, you mentioned low calorie. I would imagine that this is also not a one-size-fits-all approach. But is there a calorie range that seems to be kind of the sweet spot for most people? Yeah, I think in general, uh, if you think around 14, 12 or 1,400 calories, maybe on up to... Um, you know, d- depending on how, uh, how active you are and that kind of thing. But probably somewhere, you know, if you're a, a male, a larger male, the more active with more muscle, you know, you might be looking at somewhere at 26, 2700 calories, something in that range. Just really depending on where you're starting, who you are, how active you are, how much muscle you have, um, and your age as well. Those things all play into the, the appropriate calorie level. Right. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of things at play here. So, so when we were talking about specific strategies, there were two new studies and I, these were actually featured on the AICR website and it's AICR.org is the website. It's a phenomenal website. I check it out all the time. These two studies were about breakfast, weight loss and metabolism. And, you know, we always hear, uh, different views about breakfast. Oh, it's the most important meal of the day or don't worry about skipping it or whatever or what you eat at breakfast time. But tell us a little bit about these two, these two studies and about um, the importance of a healthy breakfast and how that may relate to weight loss. Okay. Yeah, these, these were really interesting. Um, so one study looked at uh, whether uh, recommending eating or skipping breakfast for weight loss would be effective in helping overweight and obese. Then these were for adults. I think it's important to say that we're talking about adults here to help them lose weight. So they had almost 300 people who were overweight and they divided them into three groups. One group was um, asked to 
eat breakfast before 10 a.m., the other group to eat nothing before 11 a.m., and then a third group really had, they had, you know, recommendation was just to eat healthy, and they did not get any reference to uh, breakfast or not. This was a study that went on for 16 weeks, and at the end of the study, they, between all the groups, they really saw no significant difference in weight loss. So whether you ate breakfast or didn't eat breakfast, um, your weight loss or you know, whatever your weight status was uh, about the same as, as all the other groups. So, um, you know, so that kind of, sh- you know, for those of us who have always said, you know, if you skip breakfast, you'll probably gain weight <laughs> for those 16 weeks at least. Um, it, did, it did not show that. The second study was uh, six weeks long. And in this one, the researchers assigned, again, a group to eat a breakfast. And they asked them to eat a breakfast of at least 700 calories. Uh, the second group, again, was told not to eat anything before or drink anything with calories before noon. And the third group was just, again, told to eat healthfully with no recommendation for or against breakfast. Um, in this one, they measured the resting metabolic rate, the appetite, the body fat, um, and some markers of, of heart health. And again, they did not find any significant difference between those who ate breakfast and those who skipped breakfast. But there was... I mean, that's only six weeks. Again, it's adults. So, you know, whether over a year there might have been very minor differences that would show up, we don't know. But, you know, in those two studies, there really did not seem to be a big difference. But I think in the second study, it was interesting because the breakfast group actually, when they looked at their metabolic rate, they actually burned more calories through, uh, apparently through light physical activity in the morning. But that group, that had breakfast also ate more calories than the than the no breakfast group. So you know it's it's just interesting that um, if maybe if you want to have more energy in the morning, the eating breakfast actually did appear to help with that a little bit. Yeah. But I but I think that you know for those studies the headlines of course were you know breakfast isn't so important after all, so maybe breakfast doesn't make a difference. But um, you know, and, and what we wrote when we wrote up these studies is that to keep in mind that there are still a lot of benefits to eating that morning meal because we know that the typical breakfast that Americans eat, you know, if, whether it's cereal or toast or, um, you know, and maybe yogurt, fruit, that kind of thing, it contributes fiber. You get whole, you, may, you can have an opportunity to get more whole grains, both of those which can help lower risk for colorectal cancer. And, you know, in fruits, again, for cancer prevention, you you know, it has a lot of protective compounds in those foods. So, you know, there are some really healthy foods and easy to grab and easy to eat and doesn't take much time. So, um, you know, breakfast does have some some, um, benefits to it as well. And we know that most kids and adults aren't eating enough fruits and veggies. So breakfast really does offer one more opportunity to do that. You know, it strikes me that um, maybe the issue really or that maybe one kind of takeaway from this is that people should just do what they're constitutionally accustomed to doing, that if people are, you know, they feel better when they have breakfast, they should have breakfast. And maybe a weight loss strategy for them would not be to skip breakfast because that's going to set them up for feeling hungry in the day, whereas people who don't really like breakfast and don't feel good having breakfast shouldn't force themselves to eat it. I mean, it seems like since either way seems to work, yeah, <laughs> that would yeah, be a, yeah. one approach. 
Right. I think that's right. Again, it goes back to finding what works for you if you don't like to eat breakfast. And I know I know that I counseled a lot of people who just said, you know, I just cannot face food in the morning. So, you know, you work around that and, and you find other ways to get in the, the healthy food and the nutrients that you need. And maybe we don't have to worry so much about if you skip the morning meal, but you still have to eat, eat well the rest of the day. Yeah, and I'd like I do like the fact that 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 one study showed that breakfast equals energy in the morning. So that yeah. I I think that's a good takeaway from that. Now, mm-hmm. one issue that some people have is managing their appetite and food cravings, which can add to weight gain. Do you have any tips on how they can better manage those issues? Yeah, so one of the first things that I usually recommend with people is is to track what and how much you eat and why. You know, studies seem to show that this is helpful to weight loss efforts, and and I know that it really is important to understanding why you might eat if you're not hungry. What are the cues that spur you to eat, and, you know, and what what the foods might mean to you. Sometimes emotionally they might have a conne- you know, connection to, to, to comfort you and that kind of thing. So once you understand your eating habits, then you can begin to develop, again, those strategies that work for you. Um, you know, one example, just a simple example, is that you might notice maybe, you know, every day at 3 or 4 in the afternoon you're starting to get hungry and you don't have any snacks with you and you're not really prepared. So you might end up going to the vending machine and, and if you're really hungry, you know, you may not make the most helpful choice there. So if you notice that you're doing this day after day as you write down in your diary or, um, you know, have a food app that can help you do that, you might say, okay, this is a problem for me because I'm, you know, having a 300-calorie calorie uh, candy bar every, every day at 3 or 4 o'clock. So one of your weight loss strategies might be to say, okay, I'm going to every day have a healthy, energizing snack, um, maybe something, you know, crunchy and fresh to wake me up like celery and peanut butter. I'm going to have that available at that time so I have something to eat so I don't end up making a choice that I'm going to regret later on. Um, and then, you know, for your home, creating an environment in your home and or, or even your work area that supports your goals so that you have accessible, healthy food ready for you, that you, you know, have maybe um, keep a bowl of fruit on the table or on the kitchen counter. It's, it's easy to grab. So those, those are the kinds of things that, you know, people can do to create environments, to create um, strategies for themselves that will help them make the kinds of choices that they know will work for them. Mm-hmm. Great examples, and one of the things I noticed in all of your examples were they were all kind of convenience foods. So, you know, the celery and the peanut butter was already prepared, so you could just grab it. The fruit on the countertop is ready to go. So what do you think about the prepackaged weight loss meal plans? Can you just kind of give us a brief, you know, pro and con for and against this as a way to lose weight? Sure, yeah. And I mean, there is some evidence showing that these plans may may be helpful. Um, The pros are that these are pre-portioned meals, right? You don't have to make decisions. It's convenient. And if they're done right, they can really give you a nice balance. Um, And then you can learn, you can get used to eating the appropriate serving size, the appropriate number of calories for yourself. Um, you know, it, it helps you to see, oh, this is what, how much I should be eating on my plate as you transition to hopefully preparing your own meals down the road. 
But then that kind of leads to the downside, other than sometimes the cost may be um, prohibitive. But perhaps more difficult is that then when you transition to making your own or getting, you know, getting back to saying, okay, now that I've, you know, I've lost the weight, I want to get back to cooking my own food. Um, if you really haven't sort of incorporated some of, of what, you know, was beneficial about those pre-portioned meals, um, you know, you may go back to eating the way that you, that you were before, which um, did, you know, was, was not helpful. So um, I think, you know, they can be great as one way to help you um, move toward a new way of eating. And I think it's just, again, it's another sort of part of uh, a person's strategy that, that you can say there's no one thing that's going to, to make it work. It's, it's putting all these things together to figure out what works for you. And, you know, you bring up a really good point about that transition. I mean, keeping in mind that if you're going to go the prepackaged route, to keep in mind that eventually there will be a transition. So being mindful of like, okay, well, how am I going to do the transition? What do I need to pay attention to now? And I, I think that's a that's a really good point. Um, now, Alice, I'd like to switch gears a tiny bit and ask you about weight loss supplements. For example, you know, there are supplements that can potentially speed metabolism or balance blood sugar. I know that we sometimes hear about weight loss supplements that are like miracle weight loss cures, mm -hmm. and, and that drives both uh, Lisa and I a little batty. Um, right. what, what, what's your view on, on uh, weight loss supplements? Well, I think, you know, for people who are struggling with weight loss, that is something that comes up a lot. And, you know, if that's something you think you want to try, what I really suggest is that you think about what are you expecting that supplement to do for you? Because if you think that it's going to do the work, that that's the magic bullet, you know, we know, we know that it won't. And it's important to keep in mind that many of the supplements out there have not been rigorously tested in, you know, large populations. There may be animal studies, they may have looked at a few people, but in a systematic way, they usually are not well studied. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there may be something out there that may give you a small temporary boost that could be helpful. But I would just say, you know, that's something that if you think you want to do that, you must talk to your healthcare provider. <laughs> because if they have substances that speed your metabolism or affect your blood sugar, um, you know, that means they're acting in, you know, in a drug-like way. So you need to make sure that that's okay and safe for you and that you have, you know, someone who can look up and see if this is a safe substance and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not a fan of supplements for that, but I know that sometimes people really, really want to do that. And I think if you really are going to do it, just make sure that you find that you do it in a safe way and under the supervision of someone. Um, I don't know, Lisa, if you, you probably have people ask you about supplements all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I certainly prescribe a lot of them, but not necessarily for this condition, although there yeah. have been occasions, I think, like you say, where it just seems like somebody needs a little support. My, you know, my main concern about this, going back to one of the very first points you made, is that sometimes when people use a supplement like this, they get results, but they're not going to stay on it forever. And so they get kind of a rebound effect when they go off, oh, and yeah. it, it makes that transition, that maintenance, really much more difficult. So Right, right. Yeah, that can be a challenge. So yes. let's, let's go back to some more research that um, I found interesting. And there was another study published in the journal Obesity that you featured on your site. And it was talking about how friends, family, colleagues can support weight loss. And I, I really like this concept. You know, I 
talk to my patients a lot about the importance of involving their family and friends into their healing network in a lot of ways, and weight loss sure makes sense. So can you tell us a little bit about that study and then maybe give us some takeaways from it? Yeah, I love that study too. Um, So in this study, there were, I think there were like over 600 people that were part of a, a weight gain prevention study, and most of them were either overweight or obese. And at the beginning of the study, they answered questions about whether or not their friends were supportive, whether their family and colleagues, you know, were supportive towards their weight loss efforts, their exercise and their eating. So then they checked back after two years with these same folks. And what they found was those who had family who either joined in or were, you know, somehow showed support for their exercise, those people who had that support were more likely to lose weight. And of course, and then also, if they had um, friends who supported their healthy eating, that also helped with weight loss. On the flip side, those people who had family members that were undermining their healthy eating habits, those folks ended up gaining weight. So, um, what they they asked them things like, you know, did people complain or criticize your eating or your exercise or tempt you to eat unhealthy food? So those were some of the bad things. And then joining in and supporting were, you know, the saying, you know, helping them to eat a healthier diet. Those were some of the positives. Um, so I think, you know, it's re- it was really interesting to, this is what I always told patients too, is you need to have someone there to support you. Um, and, you know, I, I, would see it a lot that people were undermined by, um, you know, whether intentionally or not by those who were around them. It, it really made it difficult for them to make changes. And so I love to see this in a study. Yeah, I love that study as well. And, um, and speaking of support, right now the AICR is in the midst of its New American Plate Challenge, which is an online weight loss program. And you provide uh, folks with a lot of support as they're going through their uh, weight loss challenge. So tell us a little bit about that program. Is that something else that somebody can sign up for now or did they kind of miss the miss? The oh, they were only in week two, so they can definitely okay. sign up. They can go to its NAP challenge, N-A-P-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E dot org and uh, sign up. We will, uh, what you'll get is three emails per week. Uh, on Monday, you'll get your challenge for the week. Four of them are for uh, getting moving more, and eight are for healthier eating. And uh, you'll get your challenge for the week, and on Wednesday, we'll remind you of that challenge. And then on Friday, we'll give you a teaser for next week's challenge so you can be prepared. It's 12 weeks long. We have all kinds of tools there. We have background information. We have ideas, tips to help you meet the challenge. Uh, you have your own journal, personal private journal page online that you can write in, uh, set your goals and keep track. You can share photos uh, of your meals or of yourself. We have uh, message boards where people can exchange ideas and support each other. And then we also have um, registered dietitians who um, can also help and, and give guidance on the message board as well. So we do offer a lot of support. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've gotten some great ideas from the challengers and, you know, different ways to fix vegetables and that kind of thing. So um, I hope that some of your listeners will will sign up. Please. Sorry, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I was on mute. I was like talking away. <laughs> yes, that sounds like such a great challenge. And is, does it cost anything for people to join? It, 
It is free. If free. you want, if you want to get a pedometer and a few other things, you can you can uh, buy buy a packet from us, but you don't need to do that. Great, great. Required. Yeah. So you have another uh, you meaning AICR has another project called the Continuous Update Project, and can you tell us a little bit about that and why you wanted to create that? Sure. Yeah. Well, this is. Um, there's, you know, a lot of research in cancer prevention related to food and nutrition and physical activity. So um, through our uh, international organization, the World Cancer Research Fund International, they um, actually established and, and we are part of, uh, you know, supporting that, the Continuous Update Project, which um, is an analysis of the global scientific research looking at the links between diet, weight, physical activity, and cancer. And we are doing, you know, it's, it's a rolling rolling process where we're updating um, each cancer site, you know, one or two a year. Uh, so there's a team in the UK that is gathering all of the, the literature. They're uh, putting in a database. They're uh, publishing papers on it. And then our expert panel um, looks at the uh, research that they report on and they, they come up with the, the, the expert report based on what the research is saying. So you can go to our website and find it, um, AICR.org slash Continuous Update Project. You can look at the reports that we've already had um, and see what's coming up in the future. Perfect. Well, this is great. And you know, um, Alice, one of the things that uh, you guys provide is a list of your top 10 ways to reduce cancer risk. Um, can you quickly go through the top 10? Because, you know, our listeners um, either have a family member who has been diagnosed or they themselves have been diagnosed. And um, I know, you know, maintaining normal body weight is certainly one of the 10 ways. But go ahead and right. uh, uh, take us through that top 10 list if you can. All right. So number one is to be as lean as possible within the normal, healthy range of body weight. Number two is to be physically active, and we recommend at least 30 minutes every day, aiming for 60 minutes a day of moderate physical activity, and as part of that, to limit your sedentary habits like TV and screen time. Third is to limit uh, how much energy-dense foods you eat. Those are high-calorie, high-fat, high-sugar foods, and to avoid sugary drinks. Um, for plant foods, eat mostly uh, a plant-based diet. So we, our new American plate, which is one-third animal protein or less and two-thirds or more of plant foods. So recommendation five is to limit the amount of red meat that you take in and to avoid processed meat like bologna and sausage and hot dogs. Number five is to limit alcohol to um, Two drinks a day for men and one drink, drink a day for women, if you drink at all. Um, so it's, it's just to, to uh, keep it to a minimum. We also have one to limit consumption of salt, and uh, that is primarily geared towards stomach cancer, which uh, because we're a, a global organization, it's more of an issue in some other countries than it is here. But, of course, we know that we take in too much salt here, too. We also recommend that you aim to meet your nutritional needs through diet alone and to not rely on supplements. And then our last two recommendations are really for special populations, for um, breastfeeding, for mothers to breastfeed and children to be breastfed because both of those, um, it helps the mothers lower their risk for breast cancer and it helps children um, grow up to be at healthier weight. And finally, for cancer survivors, we recommend that at this point they follow 
all of our other recommendations that we have for cancer prevention for um, a healthy life. All right. Well, that sounds like a very comprehensive and and well-placed list. So thanks for sharing that. Sounds like you got that memorized. You've done that before. (laughs) Yeah, once or twice. (laughs) Yes, once or twice. Well, um, before we – Alice, this has been a great show, as is usual, and I want to thank you again for joining us. And for people who want to learn more about uh, AICR, it's AICR.org. And before we go to break, Alice, are there any final parting thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, let's see. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and and having the opportunity to discuss these important topics. And I would just say, you know, check out our our new website, which is um, AICR.org backslash um, can slash prevent or no can dash prevent. Um, It's really got a lot of tools. We have a 30 day guide that can help you reduce your cancer risk. Um, Lots of good information you can share with your family and friends as well. So that's a new new, uh, part of our website that we have that we think is really, um, really a lot of a lot of great information and very user-friendly. Um, and also just I'd like to say, too, we're a nonprofit, and we really appreciate all of the, the people who support us through their donations. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of folks who give us a little something um, every now and then. We have regular donors. We have people who um, really help us provide the research and the information to help, uh, you know, people live healthier lives. Okay, that's great. So that website, again, is AICR.org. I think forward slash can dash prevent. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a great show. Thank you again. And stay tuned because when we come back, Carolyn and I are going to continue the conversation. tea is good for us it's a key part of the five to thrive plan what if you don't care for the taste of green tea and with so many green tea supplements how do you choose no one wants to waste their money on a poor quality product and i know i want organic to avoid the harmful toxins that's why you should choose sunfinin sunfinin from tomorrow's nutrition gives you the highest quality green tea possible and they offer a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee they have confidence in the quality of all their products As a special offer to 5 to Thrive listeners, Tomorrow's Nutrition will give you 20% off your order. Go to tomorrowsnutrition.com and type in the code 5 to Thrive when you check out and you'll automatically receive 20% off your order. Get quality. Get results. Get Sunfinin Green Tea from Tomorrow's Nutrition. That's tomorrowsnutrition.com. And don't forget to type in the code 5 to Thrive to get 20% off your order. to Five to Thrive Live. If you've just joined us, I am Carolyn Gazella, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, Dr. Lise Ulschuler, and we just had a great conversation about weight loss. Lise, this is such an important topic. You know, there's we talk about this a lot when we do presentations, and we've talked about it before 
on the show. And the reason we keep talking about it is because it's so important. As Alice mentioned in the beginning, uh, if people were to have a healthy diet and maintain normal body weight, just those two things, uh, they estimate that one-third of the most common cancers could be prevented. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you know, I think that um, I think that whenever we talk about this topic, I'm sure it's a little bit unsatisfying on some levels, honestly, because there's not a quick fix, mm-hmm. and it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. I mean, for people who have extra weight and who have tried to lose the weight, it's hard. And, um, and so there's no easy answers, but what I really liked about Alice's approach is that she really in, in very much in keeping with our five to thrive plan, she kept the, the, she really stayed on message with the fact that this does not have to be complicated and that actually it really boils down to some very simple foundational changes, primarily eating a high quality diet. So making food choices that are, you know, going to be full of really good nutrients, which is what I think she meant by high quality, not processed basically. And to look at the caloric intake and just work with that as a number. So track your calories coming in and try to reduce the calories. And then beyond that, there are nuances that she spoke about. About, but really, I think it boils down to those two kind of fundamental principles, which that's not a crash diet plan. That's a long-term sustainable diet plan. Yeah, I, I, I like what she has to say too. And I, I think you're right. Uh, the What she's talking about really is in line with our Five to Thrive plan. And I thought we could take a couple minutes to kind of talk about uh, what you and I have done, or maybe maybe you have some patients that have been successful, and and I'd I'd like to give um, a couple of examples. I was talking the other day to a close friend's father, who uh, recently lost a lot of weight, and he's an elderly gentleman, um, and he has to use a scooter because of uh, his uh, post polio syndrome that he has. So he's very limited in terms of um, using exercise to lose weight. And he told me that he did two primary things that helped him lose like 30 pounds. And one was he was a soda pop drinker. And he gave up soda pop completely and he drinks lemon water um, and and he doesn't budge from that. And then the second one is that he really reduced bread. He was also a big bread eater, and he reduced uh, the uh, other carbohydrates as well. But those two things, he was able to successfully lose the weight, has more energy, feels better, and and now um, he's going to be uh, able to sustain that, and and he's doing he's doing great. Um, And the other thing is is actually more personal. Um, We we've started the show by talking about my sister Kathy, and one of the things that. Um, Kathy and I do is we support each other in our exercise goals and our weight loss goals and our diet. And even though we don't live in the same city, we email every morning and we'll email sometimes several times throughout the day. And we often say, okay, are you going to get your workout in? And, you know, then we'll email back. Well, I only have time for 30 minutes and we'll be, so then the next email is that's okay. 30 minutes is better than none. And, you know, what was your lunch? And, oh, I had this wonderful salad for lunch. And I cannot tell you, I mean, having her support 
in on that level uh, is so critical. And it just made me think of that study that Alice was talking about. And it made me think about what you talk to your patients about, um, involving other people and surrounding yourself with uh, these supportive people. Um, and not just about weight loss, but about exercise and fitness and, and just trying to reduce our, our risk of developing cancer. It just made me think of Kathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I, yeah, those are really great stories. I, I want to go back to your first vignette there with the soda. I think soda is an evil food. I, I, I'm sorry yeah. to say that, but you know, there's. Well, I'm not really sorry to say that actually. And <laughs> you know, there's been um, some studies recently that have really shown very clearly that even diet sodas um, trigger the same insulin response mm. that uh, sugar sodas do so it can still contribute to this condition of insulin resistance that is one of our five key pathways very much correlated with extra weight and the regular sugar sodas are just basically empty calories but in particular they have a lot of high fructose corn syrup and there was a uh, a large study that looked at all different kinds of sugar and the relationship between sugar and premature death or risk of death. And the only sugar that they found that was associated with a premature risk of death was high fructose corn syrup in liquid form. So essentially sodas and other, you know, kind of liquid beverages. So I think it's really not good for our health at all. And uh, that might be a really good starting point for people. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree, and I think that it would. It certainly, and it, this wasn't the first time I've heard that. I, I'm not a, a soda drinker. I was years and years ago, uh, but yeah, this definitely. And you know, Lisa, I wanted to ask you another question too, because she mentioned food apps, and um, I have not used a food app, and I'm wondering if either you or for your patients, if you find any of these apps like phone apps, mm-hmm. uh, do you find them? Uh, are you familiar with them and is that something that somebody should research yeah i think they're great i mean with smartphones there's so much we can do now that we couldn't do before but um i use my fitness pal not that i am endorsing a particular program over another but it it makes it so easy because the way they're set up now sometimes all you have to do is use the camera on your phone and you take a you put your phone the app's open and you put your camera or your phone over the barcode on a food and it automatically populates and tells you all the information about that food. Um, You can Mm -hmm. manually put stuff in, but it really helps give you a very easy, portable diet diary. You know, way back in the day when I was studying naturopathic medicine, we would have people do diet diaries on paper and, you know, they would put their little ruler of the paper and make little squares and figure out their days. So those days are long gone. Now we're all in the electronic age and it's great, <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> You're dating yourself. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, you know what? This has been a great show. And uh, if you or a loved one has had a previous diagnosis of cancer, you won't want to miss our show next week. We have a great show coming up next week with one of our very favorite guests, Dr. Tina Kazor. She's going to she's a naturopathic oncologist and she's going to be talking very specifically about what to look for in a multivitamin. So this is a topic I think does not get talked about in a very good balanced way often enough. So I'm personally looking forward to the show. And you know, Carolyn, a lot of our listeners are in fact cancer survivors and I bet they may not realize that some of the ingredients commonly found in multivitamin and mineral formulas are actually contraindicated for cancer survivors. So if you're curious about what I'm talking about, tune in next week for our show. Absolutely. I can't wait for that show. It's so important, especially for cancer thrivers. 
So um, remember, if you want more information about us, our books, this show, past shows, whatever it is that we're up to, go to our website, 5tothriveplan.com. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter just by typing in 5 to Thrive, and you will find us. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and may you experience joy, laughter, and love. Okay, Lise, what time is it? Time to thrive. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.